Thank you for inviting me to share this morning and for inviting me into your homes if you're watching us from home today. I'm Jared, one of the pastors here. I'm just going to open up in prayer. So Heavenly Father, what a joy and privilege it is to be with you today and be with one another. We just dedicate this time to you, our good, good Father. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. So happy Father's Day. It's great to hear what some of you got. And I'm always a fan of uh, socks and jocks because it's the one time of year I can guarantee that I'm going to get them. So it's good in the T-shirts. <laughs> and it's great to be able to celebrate our dads today as well as men in our families, our church and community and to share today. So this morning I'm going to be talking about developing a father's heart and I'm going to be going through some scriptures in First Timothy. So some background into First Timothy. It's one of the pastoral epistles. And it's from the Apostle Paul to the younger Timothy. So Paul and Timothy, they had a close relationship where Paul met Timothy when he was younger on one of his mission trips. Timothy was a son of a Jewish mother who became a Christian and Timothy's dad was Greek. So Paul invested into Timothy and, he, and Timothy became part of Paul's apostolic teams and eventually he had pastoral oversight over the church at Ephesus, which is the church that features in Ephesians. And it's the context of First Timothy. And Paul is giving encouragement and instruction to Timothy around doctrine, pastoral responsibility and leadership. When I read it, though, and if you have ever had a read of it, it is more than something theological, but it's a letter from a father to a son, encouraging him, sharing with him and building him up. Timothy was a spiritual son to Paul, and Paul was uh, like a father to him. And Paul actually mentions this in, in the letter and in 2 Timothy as well. So as we celebrate Father's Day today, we acknowledge our dads, but we also acknowledge that not all our dads or father figures in our life are biological. And you know, family isn't always blood, which is a theme in 1 Timothy. And as a church, we are part of a family, a wider family and a community. And in 1 Timothy, it's about a spiritual father raising up a spiritual son and encouraging him in his faith and calling, which is a job we all have, whether we are parents here today or not. So this Father's Day, we'll be going through seven keys from 1 Timothy in developing a father's heart. And again, this isn't just for the dads, even though it is special for the dads, but this is for all of us to develop a father's heart or a, or a parent's heart. So while Paul may have been writing to Timothy in his pastoral ministry, establishing and building up the church in Ephesus, we will be applying it to our first ministry. And our first ministry is so important more important than church, more important than community, our first ministry is family. So the first key this morning is don't get sidetracked from the mission. A theme that comes through First Timothy is don't get sidetracked from the mission. So when Paul writes to Timothy, there was a lot of false doctrine and legalities that started to creep into this new church at Ephesus. And the people were turning away from what Paul had taught. And Timothy's role was to put them back on the right track. The things they were following, they didn't take up, especially to go off track on purpose. Their intentions were probably pretty right, pretty good to learn, to do the right thing. But they just got sidetracked. You know, it's slightly different in our role as dads and in our families. 
But who gets sidetracked from time to time from things and our priority? Work to provide becomes the centre of our life. A hobby for enjoyment starts to take over. Social time starts to replace family time. Serving at church starts to become our sole focus. That family starts to be forgotten. That family is our first priority and our first ministry. In 1 Timothy 3, 4-5, the scripture says, He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For a man, if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? So the context of this verse, Paul is telling Timothy the qualification of a church leader. He's saying that for a church leader, they must be able to manage their own household because if they can't, they can't take care of the church. So in essence, their family is their first priority, their first ministry. For a church leader... Family isn't an extra burden that's in the way, but it's their responsibility. Just as church is their ministry and they have a mission to their church, prior to this ministry and mission, it's their family first. And as the same is applied to all believers, because all of us here are called to ministry to fulfil the Great Commission, whether it's inside the church or in our workplace, marketplace or community, we're called to that. But our first priority, our first ministry, is to our family. Not only if they can't manage that, how can they manage other responsibilities? But this is the mission that we're called to before other things. So if that is the case for one of the most important things, the Great Commission, which we're all called to, how much more for every other area of our lives? We must be putting our family before every other area of our lives. All other areas of our lives are not a competition, but they are an extension of our family, including church. See, the great thing about church, it's not in competition to our family, it complements our family. So the next key is spend time together. If family is our priority and our ministry, we need to spend time together. Paul encouraged Timothy to stay in Ephesus. 1 Timothy 1.3 when I left for Macedonia, I urge you to stay there in Ephesus and stop those whose teaching is contrary to the truth. There was false teaching in the church, so Timothy being present helped put the church in the right direction and then put, the, then put them right, the right teaching back. So if we don't spend time with our family and focus on their needs, not only are we neglecting what we're called to, but where else could they turn to spend time? And that's so important, especially as our, with our kids when they grow older. So we provide that protection and also shape where they go. There is also an expectation, though, that if we have a priority, calling somewhere, we spend time. That was key also for Timothy. So how would it be if you were a missionary to another country and you never spent any time there? Or when you, if you had a job and you never rocked up to your workplace. Or if you were a pastor of a church and you were away all year. Wouldn't be very good, would it? And you'd probably lose your job, the pastor would probably get the sack, and the missionary wouldn't be very impacting. And it's the same for our family. Shows how important the spending time is. 
The way we show our love is with quality time. Time strengthens the bonds of family. A family that plays together stays together. It can be difficult with all the pressures of life, but as our first ministry, it's a priority even over other areas such as work. Time with family, it's also about quality time, not just quantity. People can spend time together, but sometimes it's not quality. You know, sometimes we get distracted by phone and social media. How would it be if you went to a doctor in the middle of a consult, he whipped out his phone and started going on Facebook or texting or calling, made a personal call? Hopefully that doesn't happen. No way. Or a pastor in the middle of preaching, Eli or, or Josh answered the phone and made a call or started going on Facebook. You wouldn't expect that. So why do we do that with our family time? Several years ago, I was spending time with my family. And I think, guys, it was a long time ago, I think Miley was playing on the swings or playing in the playground. And I was thinking about other things. And Miley said to me, Dad, you're not paying attention. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I felt convicted because it's ministry. Pushing the swings was ministry. Because if I was leading worship or preaching, that focus would be on that. So my focus should have been on family time, because that was ministry, that is ministry. Tend to the needs of a family, and by God's grace, I'm getting there. So the next key is biblical foundations. So as dads and parents, we also need to make sure we are building our families on the correct foundation. This was something that Paul was helping Timothy with in regards to the church as it had started to stray off those foundations. So 1 Timothy 4, 6. If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you'll be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you have followed. So these things, the foundations are the teachings of the apostles, the teachings of Jesus and the word. For us, we need to be pointing our families to Jesus and building on the right foundations that are found in God. Building on the Bible, building on what's taught. As we do, we lay solid foundations for our family. This includes reading the Bible together, teaching the Bible, living it out and guiding in the values. Grace. Love, forgiveness, boundaries. Sometimes, though, especially days like today, we might realise that our family wasn't built on those foundations. might not be your family now, but the family you were raised in. You might realise there's, there's dysfunction, there's pain and hurt. The thing that's so encouraging is that it's not too late to put in the right foundations. You know, God has called us to be the change in our families and in our communities so we can make these changes and build on him. And we can feel his comfort today and his help today. And as a church, the great thing about being as a church is we're on a journey together to comfort each other and to help make these changes. The next key is prayer. You know, prayer also goes hand in hand with biblical foundations. And it was something that Paul also charged Timothy to do in his ministry. 1 Timothy 2, 1. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. 
ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. We're also called to do the same for our ministry, our family. You know, it's something we might do, especially for salvation and protection and well-being. But sometimes we can get complacent, especially if it's ongoing for a family member who has a need or we haven't seen the answer yet. But we need to continue to pray because God is at work and be encouraged. The key here is asking God what to pray for. Because just as much as we might love our loved ones, God knows and then loves our loved ones even more. He has plans for them and he's at work in their life. It's so great to give God our cares and burdens and worries as we're charged to do, but also ask God how to pray for wisdom and what particular things. We need to pray thanksgiving also for family and what he has done and he's doing with our kids or our grandkids. Not only pray for them, but pray with them. Teach them to pray and pray as a family. You know, a family that prays together stays together also. Sometimes our prayers can be rushed, but not just rushed prayers before dinner or bed, but in our everyday ordinary life. I love how in Deuteronomy we see how the Israelites were encouraged and charged to pray in their everyday life. So in our everyday life, when we're driving, when we're having leisure time, when we're playing before bed, when we're getting up in our meals in our own way. When my daughter Miley was, was younger, when she was a toddler, I was sitting at her table and I had a headache and I had my hands over my head. And she said, Daddy, what's wrong? I said, I've got a headache. And then I just felt this little child crawl up on me and up on the table and lay her hands on my head and pray for me and pray for my headache to go away. And that has really struck me and stayed with me that she'd seen that and showed me how kids love to pray and also see how we do it. The next key is to be an example. For our family, it's not just about praying in foundations, but actually being an example. This is something that comes through strongly in 1 Timothy. Paul encouraged Timothy to not only teach, pray and lead, but be an example. And that's a big reason he had to stay there. 1 Timothy 4.16, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Paul was saying to Timothy, what you do needs to live out what you say. They go hand in hand. When it does, it's such a powerful witness. But when it doesn't, it can be so damaging to the community. This is even more so true in our families because we are an example of God's love to our families. We are his ambassadors, his representatives. We show his genuine, real love when we live it out, especially for our kids and grandkids because of our following. A quote I heard was, your children will become what you are, so be what you want them to be. It can be quite scary, but it's possible through his grace. We are also an example of him to our extended family, and that can be tricky, especially if they aren't believers yet. It can be feel like sometimes they're ready for you to make a mistake, and sometimes they tell you about it. But if you are an example, but you also, and we are also an example to them also. It's not about being fake or trying to be perfect, but being genuine and an example. Using gentleness, kindness, a fruit of the Spirit evident in your life blossoming. 
and especially if there are some hurts, be an example. Take the first steps towards reconciliation. Take ownership of your part and pray for them. And Jesus is our ultimate example to follow. Our second last key this morning is mentoring and support. That's a key that Paul exemplifies so well to Timothy, the importance of having a mentor, someone speaking into your life. 1 Timothy 1.2, I'm writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. As I shared already, Paul played a father figure role in Timothy's life. Timothy allowed him to speak into it. and We can see how he encouraged him, built into him and supported him in his ministry. You know, as dads and parents and for all of us, when it comes to family ministry and in life in general, we need to remember the importance of people speaking into our lives. It could be our actual parents, our in-laws or spiritual parents like for Timothy, someone older we admire or look up to, someone at church, a life group leader, friends. But that support is so important to in our journey because it takes a village for all of us. It's also important to remember that we also play a part in someone else's life to support them. And here at LBC, as a community of disciples that multiply, that's especially important. So whose life are you speaking into? It may not be in a bigger way, as big a way as Paul and Timothy, but we all have a part to play in speaking into other people's life. The last key this morning is grace. It's something we all need a reminder of, especially when it comes to family, grace. Paul closes the letter to Timothy with this blessing. 1 Timothy 6.21, May God's grace be with you all. The ministry that Timothy and the church are doing could only be done through God's grace. And it's a reminder that being a dad and family ministry can only be done through God's grace. Sometimes days are wonderful, aren't they? Sometimes days are challenging. Sometimes we stuff up. Sometimes God's, but God's grace is at work in and through us. And despite our own weakness and imperfections, as we continue to seek after God, we can lead our families to follow him through his grace. God's grace be with you all. So as we close today, I'd like to ask all the men here today, whether you're a dad or not, or doesn't matter how old you are, to stand. I'd like to pray a blessing over to you today. <clears throat> and the ladies, you don't miss out either. You can reach out your hands if you want and pray as I pray for them. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for men in this church of all ages. I thank you that you've called them to be leaders in their homes and leaders in the church and leaders in their community and in their workplace and in their schools. I thank you, Father God, for your hand over their lives. I bless them today in the name of Jesus. I pray that you continue to guide them and strengthen them and show them your way to continue to help them stand for you and lead them. Thank you, Lord. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.